Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for another June edition of the podcast. And the summer weather has certainly showed up here on Cape Cod, and so have the seasonal visitors. The boats are in the water, the bridge traffic is outrageous, and the fish have showed up. So it's all systems go here for the summer of 2021. We've got a great show lined up for you today. It's going to be another one of our mini podcasts, but a little bit longer format today. We're going to have proud MFCC member Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi on the show today. And we're pretty much going to wrap up black sea bass season as things are slowing down in that fishery. But as the sea bass move out to deeper water, stripers and bluefish are certainly moving into the area. And if you enjoy the bottom fishery, We're getting into the heart of fluke season here as those fish have showed up in numbers in Nantucket Sound. We talk a lot about striped bass fishing here on the podcast, so today we're going to focus a lot on fluke, and we're going to dive into some great information and tips for those of you that may want to try your hand at some fluke fishing here in late June. So let's get right into today's show by welcoming our guest, Bruno Demir. And Bruno, the weather has finally turned around. The rain and thunderstorms have moved out of the area. It's a beautiful day, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Hello, MFCC members. And yes, the the good weather's finally here, just in time for Father's Day weekend. Yeah, and it feels like summer, finally, Bruno. And it's been a little bit. It's been eight or nine days since we've last chatted. Have you had a chance to get out on the water the last week to ten days? Absolutely. We've just been concentrating on the sea bass and uh, with the freezes stacked pretty tall with sea bass so we're uh we're shifting our focus off of that now and and uh looking at the uh, fluke so we're gonna close the book on sea bass and open the book on fluke here but just to recap the sea bass action that's been going on the season's been open for pretty much a month it opened on may the 18th so we're taping this podcast on june 16th so we've had a good solid month of sea bass fishing. I got out myself out in Buzzards Bay the end of last week, and it's definitely not, you know, lights out fishing, but there's still plenty of decent size sea bass around, and I think they'll stick around for, what do you think, Bruno, maybe another week or so? Yeah, it's grown a little tall on the truth, but I I think that, uh, I think we probably have another week at it. Um, definitely check deeper water, um, but yeah, you can I think we got another week. That would be my prediction. But it is, it is getting warmer. Um, you know, I heard, I heard even P Town's got sixty-five degree of water, which is really warm for up there at this time of the year. So I'm not sure how long they'll stay for. But as the water temperature continues to creep up, uh, those guys will start swimming into deeper water here soon. Yeah, I agree with you. They come up here to spawn and kind of do their thing for three, four, five weeks if we're really lucky and we stretch the season out. And then it seems like they push further offshore into deeper water where they're harder to access. Bruno, if you were looking at Father's Day weekend here, uh, you know, this coming weekend, and we had a week left or so to, to really target these fish, and you were heading out into Nantucket Sound, what are some spots you'd sniff around? Uh, for sea bass? Yeah. Um, I, would, I would look at 
deeper water, 60 to 90 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, the North Channel, uh, just north of uh, Horseshoe Shoal, that's got some deeper water you might want to check out. Um, anything where you have a drop-off where it's going from 50 to 80 feet, just kind of in, in that zone. You're going to see a ton of people on the Tyre Reef and uh, Bishops and uh, all your normal uh, areas where there's going to be fleets of people fishing. No need to go join the fleet and aggravate yourself. Find your own little spot because they are everywhere. Um, and I would say 60 to 80 feet. There's my stamp of approval. And now that we're you're heading into you know really focus on fluke, which I know is a, a passion of yours, and you're gonna do a trip tomorrow, so I'm really looking forward to taping with you next week because we'll get a full you know first hand fluke report. But what have you been hearing about fluke so far, and what's inspired you to kind of shift your focus? You must be hearing some good reports. Yeah, I'm seeing and hearing good reports down in the. Uh Nantucket Shoals, which is kind of our stomping grounds for fluke. Uh, guys are, are limiting out. Guys are getting getting some big... I actually, this morning, I saw a 35-inch, 15-pounder um, caught and released, which is great to see because you, you don't want to keep the big ones because, number one, they don't taste as good as a, a normal 20-inch um, or 20 to 23-inch 20 to uh, uh, fluke. But also, you know, those are the the reproductive part of the fishery. So we, I like to see the ten plus pounds getting thrown back. But they're there. There's plenty of them. Just trying to find the right weather window to get out to the shoals. It looks like tomorrow is going to be light winds. I'm hoping that storm offshore will stay offshore in a way, and um, we're hoping to get down there and and get our get our fluke on. Now, when you're targeting the fluke, I've never fished really solely for fluke. I've been pretty much a striper fisherman my whole life. But how much water are you in, and and what's your setup like, Bruno? So down in the shoals, you can go anywhere from 8 feet of water down to 90 feet of water, depending on which shoal you're fishing. Um, I tend to stay somewhere between 40 to 60 feet of water. Um, again, with the shows, there's pockets that, uh, that, you know, fluke guys know that we, you know, go to on a normal basis and we'll start off with big round shoal and then you got McBlair shoal and then you got Rose and Crown. And then if you get a fast enough boat, you can get down to Old Man Shoal and Davis Shoal. Um, and Davis Shoal and Old Man Shoal historically have had the biggest fish um, that come out of those waters um i personally don't go down that far because um it takes me a long time and it lops the boat but uh, i might make that trip once a year as far as the rig goes um you know I, I love i love my cousin eddie's stuff that he hand ties for fluke um it comes with a high low uh, and, and what i like about it is it has so, so I like two teasers and then a heavy jig on the bottom. That's what I like to fish. And uh, that's how Eddie ties them because that's kind of what we have always gone to year after year. And it's basically a jig, um, you know, and you put a grub on there 
Um, you could use golf, and then uh, there's two of them. And then you got the heavy jig on the bottom, and we usually put golf or local squid on that. Uh, occasionally, as I'm as I'm going to the shoals, I'll pass monomoy. I might see some bluefish in the rips. I'll try to grab a bluefish because those are those are also good bait for fluke. And then uh, once I get my first round of fluke in, um, you know, we might might not keep some of the bellies when we're filleting them. And uh, I know my some of my some of my fishing buddies and my cousins like to use fluke bellies also hmm. fishing for fluke. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the the gear setup. Yeah, those are good tips. I never would have you know envisioned using bluefish or fluke belly itself, you know, to target these fluke. My question about the squid would be, I noticed Bruno and, and you and I have talked a lot about this when I've been sea bass fishing, granted, I'm not in as much water as you are. I'm in maybe 30 feet of water out in Buzzards Bay. If I just use a, a jig with no squid on it, I seem to kind of cull out getting, you know, all the sea robins and the scup and the yeah. other fish that are down there. Do you run into a lot of other fish when you use that squid on these jigs? Um, when I'm sea bass fishing, yeah, it's, it's absolutely true that, you know, if, the, if you got a nice clear day, when I say clear where the water's clear and not mucky, I'll, I'll tend to use a lot less bait with sea bass. Um, but if, if it's right after a storm and the water's pretty mixed up, they're not going to see your jig. So you kind of have to throw something on there, whether it be gulp or squid that the scent drives them close enough where they can see the jig. But typically, if you want big sea bass, you got to go bigger with your jigs. The bigger, the better, because, you know, sea bass will eat just about anything. Yep. But if you put a really big, you know, four to eight ounce jig at the bottom um, with nothing on it, um, you're not going to get as many hits. You're not going to get the sea robins. You're not. You're not going to catch 15, 14 inch fish. When you get hooked up, you're getting a 20 to 25 inch sea bass, you know? Yep. Um, and that, you know, when we go down to Nantucket to the Shoals fluke fishing, you know, you, you kind of face the same thing. Except okay. It's not sea robin, it's dogfish. Yeah, that's and, what that's what I was going to ask you about was dogfish. With, you know, when you're fluking, do you get kind of those mixed in with the squid? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, they share the same environment down there. So that's why a lot of the fluke rigs that we use or, or even the ones that Eddie ties, you, you look at it and you're like, geez, you know, I didn't even know fluke are this strong. I mean, it's 40, 50 pound line. Mm. Well, the reason that's so thick is because there's such a big presence of dogfish in the shoals and you don't want to start losing, you know, $20, $30 rigs on, on, uh, on, um, dogfish you know so it it we use we do use heavier line and that's a good point to talk about and the other thing is um far as like the rods and reels our rods are only like five or six feet they're shorter we don't like the longer rods because we're fishing off of a boat mm. and the other thing is we like high speed reels like your um you know i, I almost like a bait caster that you would use for for largemouth bass fishing, but they make bigger versions out there. All the big brands make them. Um, we like the high-speed reels because when you're fighting a fluke, you you never you never hook a fluke 
like you would hook, uh, like let's say a stripe or a bluefish where you get to set the hook. Sure. Setting a hook on a fluke is is a, a, a slow motion upwards with your rod tip. You're not actually hooking the fish. You're not setting the hook. Mm. The hook is already in its mouth. So you just slowly pick your rod tip up and, and it'll, it'll feel that and he'll dive right back down. And when he dives right back down, that's what hooks him. Mm. And when he does get hooked, um, that's when you start feeling the head shakes. Fluke love to do head shakes and their head shakes are pretty vicious. And that's how you lose them. They, they can spit the hook on you easy, but, um, and then, and then you never pump. You know, when you're fighting a scrappy, you pump real down, pump real down. Sure. When you're fighting fluke, the rod just stays steady. You don't, you don't move the rod at all, and you just hang on to a high speed reel, and you're just turning the reel at a steady motion. Mm. And and that's how you get the bigger fluke to the boat without losing them. That's actually a really good tip. So when you're, you know, you're talking about the hook set or the fluke basically hooking himself you're what you're doing is you're just applying a slight bit of tension to that line it's almost like he doesn't know he's hooked and then when you apply that very slight bit of pressure he realizes he's hooked and when he dives down he really sets the hook himself exactly the, the way fluke bite they're not um they're not a, a bite and run type of fish mm-hmm. like a blue fish or a striper they're a bottom fish so well, when they creep up on it, they'll inhale it, but they're not going to just swim away. They'll kind of just hang out, so you might not even feel the bite. Mm. And But that's why our rod tips are shorter and very sensitive. So you just pick up the tip of the rod, and then it'll just it'll dive down and hook itself. Because fluke have very delicate mouths. You can, you can easily lose a fluke if they do a head shake. So you don't want to hook them too hard. You want to just let them set it himself. Uh, that's kind of the trick to it. Yeah, that's really good info, Bruno. And before I let you go, I just wanted to ask you real quick about what you're hearing about Striper. Um, I know your most of your energy this time of year, early on in the season, is focused on the sea bass and then the fluke, and then you kind of get into the Striper a little later in the summer. But just wanted to pick your brain on what you're hearing about Striped Bass around Cape Cod. Um, I haven't heard too much uh, down on the sound side. However, tomorrow, you know, I'll be going to Nantucket, so I'm going to go right through Monomoy, so I'll be poking around. But I do know that there's uh, keeper, striper, and bluefish up uh, in P-Town. My mm. buddy uh, Russ from Chasing Tails Charters was telling me about how they're seeing a bunch of striper up there, which is, you know, it's probably been Jesus, I gotta say it's probably been two seasons since I heard of Striper um, hitting P-Town Race Point in the bathhouses. So it's good to good to see that fishery coming back to the P-Town again. Um, I will tell you that there's a ton of sand deals out there. Good, um, probably more than we've seen in many years now, and the sand deals are so thick. And the water temperature already is at 65, which is rare in, in the bay side mm. this early in the year. And, and that's between the bay and the water temperature, I think, is driving the stripers back into the bay where last year they kind of 
seemed like they just cruised by and went right to Boston Harbor. Mm. And uh, and and here's an interesting one: is uh, Captain Russ actually got a bonito yesterday? Wow! Off of P Town, which is very very early for that fishery. So, you know, bonito don't like cold water. They want to see sixty sixty five degrees water. So, for them to show up in P Town in the middle of June, yeah, uh, that's rare to me. And you know, I gotta tell you, speaking of bonito, I think this year is going to be a, amazing bonito season i i don't know if you remember do you remember like four years ago three years ago we had these like juvenile bonito just hmm. all over cape cod and guys were catching them while they were sabiki fishing for mackerel mackerel yep do you remember that yeah i remember i i wasn't a part of it but i remember getting reports of that here on the podcast they were just everywhere you could go to barcelo harbor drop a sabiki and catch like 50 of these bonitos. But yeah. they were like, I want to say they were like 10 inches. So what I think is with the water temperature being warmer and warmer over time, bonito are coming to the Cape to spawn. Yeah. And every year the bonitos are getting bigger and bigger and they're being seen everywhere, including the bayside, very close to shore. So, I'm starting to think that those smaller bonito that we witnessed four years back, three years back, this is the same fishery coming back every year, getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And and it could be that Cape Cod ends up being a bonito spawning ground. Sure. Which would be amazing. Yeah, it would you bring know. a whole other fishery to the area, much like in the last 10 years we've seen with the sea bass, Bruno, that was never really a thing when I was a kid. And then all of a sudden, yeah, within exactly. the last 10 years, they've come up here to spawn. You know, they've, they've ventured up here further from that New York, New Jersey area. And now we have this brand new fishery for, you know, early spring. We have a whole nother month of these amazing tasting, you know, good fighting fish. So that could very well happen with Benito as well. Yeah, you nailed it, man. I don't remember as a kid catching sea bass on the Cape like we do now. I mean, nope. I guess the, these are like the only good side of global warming Yeah, for Cape Cod, right? No, I, I agree. And uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, Bruno, before I let you go, I know you're very into giving back to the community and you've been very gracious with your time and your boat, the Gaviota. You've donated group trips. And uh, another thing you're doing is what you sent me the other night, Fluke vs. Cancer for Boston Children's Hospital. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to do this fundraiser and, and what you're looking to accomplish? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, on a personal level, about two years back, uh, my family, we had a scare with our, our youngest kid with um, leukemia, and it turned out that it was a false alarm. And we were lucky enough to be one of the families that got to walk out of Boston Hospital with nothing but a scare. Mm. And I, I promised that after that day that I would do something to support the cancer research at uh, Boston Children's Hospital because uh, they are one of the best hospitals in the world when it comes to um, children. And um, so this is my way of raising money to donate to Boston Children's Hospital for their uh, pediatric cancer research uh, team. Um, so basically, if you 
if you we're going to release the landing page and you go to the page and you make a donation mm-hmm. i think it's as little as thirty dollars and up as high as two hundred dollars yep i've personally so far uh, uh put in five hundred of my own money yep and once we hit the twenty five hundred bucks we're gonna have uh Ryan, uh, pull a name out of the list of donations, and the name we pull out of donations will go on a fluke trip with Ryan and I. Oh, that sounds great. And uh, Ryan always brings his cameras along, as you know, and uh, if it's a pretty good trip, there's a chance that uh, you'll end up on TV for next season's uh, My Fishing Cape Cod. Yeah, no, that sounds like a, a great prize, and we're going to put the link to your fundraising page here on my fishing Cape Cod and embed it with the podcast. And I know I'm going to head on over, make my donation. So I get qualified for the trip and I'd encourage everybody listening to the podcast to do so as well. It supports a great cause. Number one and number two, like you said, you're going to get a chance at an entry at a, uh, a great fluke trip with, with Bruno and Ryan. You really, it's a no lose situation, Bruno. Thanks, man. Thank you guys for helping us support this uh this cause well bruno we've taken up way too much of your time this week but we really got into fluke which i know is a passion of yours and i think it's a a very enlightening topic and and it gets us a little bit away from you know the sea bass that we've been kind of droning on about the past month and we're still talking about stripers with a lot of other folks so this is a great topic to cover with you and next week when i get you back again i can't wait to hear how your trips have been out there you got it, man. We'll see how it goes. If it's, if it's a pretty good trip, we'll make sure we post the pictures up on the forum so the members can uh, see the proof in the pudding. All right, Bruno. Thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to talking with you next week. You got it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks to proud MFCC member Bruno Demir for being our guest on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. We covered a wide variety of topics. We hit on the conclusion of the black sea bass season, which is rapidly approaching. We dove into some striped bass and bluefish reports from inside Cape Cod Bay out to Provincetown. And then we had a great expansive chat on fluke, something that I don't know a heck of a lot about. And I'm sure a lot of the members want to be more educated on. So hopefully everybody enjoyed today's podcast. As always, let us know what you think of these new mini podcasts. You can certainly feel free to reach out to Ryan or myself directly or leave a comment in the thread. We always enjoy hearing from you and getting new suggestions on what we should cover here on the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. I think it's also important to take a quick minute to recognize the good work Bruno is doing, helping out Children's Hospital in their battle, the never-ending battle, against child pediatric cancer. Certainly a very personal fight, as Bruno mentioned. He and his family had a terrible scare a few years back. And you really have to struggle to find somebody in your life who cancer has not touched in one form or another. So great work being done by Bruno and certainly the great folks at Boston Children's Hospital. I actually made my donation to Bruno's cause during our chat together. I was so focused on getting that done. And I encourage all of you to check out Bruno's fundraising page. I know any contribution is appreciated, not only by Bruno, but the good folks at Boston Children's Hospital. And like Bruno mentioned, if you are able to make a contribution to the cause, you'll be entered into a great raffle prize, which will be a fluke trip with Bruno and Ryan. Who knows, maybe I'll even get invited out on that trip. So thanks to everybody for taking time out of their busy week to listen to the show. I sure do appreciate it. 
And until we chat again, this is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. Tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.